We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome one and all. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, to find out about our broadcast schedule on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for our broadcast schedule on Simul TV on the Exxon TV channel, www.simultv.com. Well, it's that time of the month, Exxon Nation, when we bring back the one and only Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara, here on the show. And uh, today, Ashley is going to be talking about a number of things. We're going to be talking about August magic, good luck, prosperity, health, wisdom, and the dog days. Joining me now from someplace hidden from view in the beautiful town of St. Catharines, Ontario, is our good friend, Lady Ashley. And Ashley, always great having you with us, my dear. And thank you, as always, for having me. So what's new in the world of, of uh, geology before we get back to the Exxon part? Oh, we did some fabulous collecting trips mm -hmm. and just just got some of the best stuff in the whole world and uh, got some beautiful marble, soapstone, pelt. Uh, I even got a fake silver. I'm Ooh. serious. It was so funny. I looked at this rock and I went, you're not metallic, but you sure look like silver threads. And I just thought, I got to collect it just for the heck of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And uh, for those listeners who, who do not know what, uh, what uh, Ashley and I are talking about, Ashley is part of a, would it be a geological society? Uh, it geology club. Yeah. Geology club in, in uh, Niagara. And do you want to give our listeners their website? Come on. Um, it's NPGS, which stands for Niagara Peninsula Geological Society. Um, uh, do, uh, just just look up NPGS; you'll find us. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we pop up in the you know the first five six uh, things. Oh, excellent! Yeah. Excellent. All right, Ashley. August. What can you tell us about August from the witch's point of view? Well, as you said right at the very beginning, it's considered the month of good luck, mm -hmm. prosperity, health, and wisdom. And for a number of reasons, because it's um, perceived somewhat differently in the northern hemisphere uh, as compared to the Mediterranean hemisphere and the southern hemisphere, but all of the things that people have done in the month of August uh, for thousands of years um, all are to do with, you know, do I have good luck here? Right. Am I going to have prosperity and thereby health? And have I made wise choices? 
and so therefore do I have wisdom. And, um, and that's why August is a very important month for that. And I know we're at the very, very end of uh, August, mm-hmm. but it starts, like for the Northern Hemisphere in particular, um, it starts with Lammas or Lunashwa, which are the bread festivals, because August is the when the gr- the first grains or the early grains start to ripen, and everybody starts making bread. And of course, almost all of the Lammas loaves are braided, and that's a, a common theme is to braid, and and that means that you, you're. You know, you're putting together that good luck, prosperity, health, and wisdom. Oh, so that's what the braid uh, signifies. So that's what the braid signifies, the the good luck, prosperity, health, Mm -hmm. and wisdom. Yeah, Yeah. cool. And, and of course, but, um, and even though it sounds like, uh, you know, people are going to say, this is witchcraft, this Mm -hmm. is Wicca, Um, the harvest festivals in the northern hemisphere, hemisphere and then essentially what are the coming of the rains or uh rivers flooding in the mediterranean hemisphere and then oh look at that there's a star in the sky that we can use to navigate and i am going to get back to that star in the sky that we uh uh, navigate and that one is uh in the southern hemisphere and but it, it is certainly in the northern hemisphere. It is the the first harvest of all of the harvests. So you're getting uh, your grains, your wheat, your corn, um, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of vegetables, uh, all kinds of berries, apples, grapes, mm. and honey because the bees are busy, or have been very very busy. And, um, and, of course, you start canning and drying and preserving and storing uh, so that, you know, you're, it's going to help you get through the winter, and it sets you up. Now, one of my favorite things about August is that's when most of the salmon spawn. Hmm. And that, that, therefore, becomes very, very uh, important for the hunter-gatherer societies, which were before the agricultural societies. So uh, the salmon start to spawn in August, and people are going, mmm, yummy fish. And, uh, and of course, a lot of your wild crops ripen, ripen as well. So there was big gathering, uh, you know, prior to, um, uh, like, prior to agriculture. Now, ancient Egypt, that's when the Nile floods. And, of course, that's when all of the rains, you know, happen further further south. And the Nile just comes a-flooding, and it's that life-giving, black, gold, silty waters that just created this huge bounty for people to plant. And, of course, that caused uh, the rise of a great civilization, because I think, like, Egyptians are totally cool. Oh, they are. And, and basically, August heralded their new year and their planting, quote-unquote, spring season, even though did, practically no one in the Northern Hemisphere would ever go, August? Spring? Really? <laughs> that is true. And In fact, this morning when I went outside and had my coffee before I came to the offices, I could actually mm-hmm. feel the fall in the air. There was that yes. that feeling that all right, the seasons are going to start changing. Then I, when I went on my walk, I noticed that 
a number of the maple trees were starting to change color in the leaves. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. where did summer go? Oh, I thought it was a great summer. <laughs> but yes, it's true. Summer, uh, yeah, summer is mm -hmm. getting towards its end. And of course, just in the last couple of days, the Farmer's Almanac is, is threatening, or, I don't know, threatening <laughs> or predicting a really, really cold winter this year. And if it's true, I am not looking forward to the winter. <laughs> well, you know, cold is one thing, but when it's laced with snow and, listen, the Niagara Peninsula can really get some bad storms. Oh, yeah, them well. true. But, you know, if it's cold, that's one thing. But if you got the snow that comes with it and, uh, you know, you've got the lake effect between Lake Erie and uh, Lake Ontario, it's, it will be pretty hard. In fact, I noticed earlier this summer the, the squirrels around the house were already gathering their, their supplies for the winter. And I said, uh-oh, this can't be yep. good. Yep, and that's what they do in August. And, in fact, on one of our um, rock-collecting uh, trips, Mm -hmm. We actually did see a very, very fat uh, groundhog, and I'm and I'm just standing there looking at this groundhog, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're you're getting ready for uh, you know winter, and it's like yeah. you know really nice and rotund, and and it was chomping away, and its cheek pouches were filled, and and of course you uh, you always see chipmunks. Sure. I mean, you know, like their big blown up cheeks. Mm -hmm. That's not that they've all, they've gathered, and they're just, they just stuff their cheeks to, to, like, the ends of the earth. They're just amazing, you know. But I looked at that groundhog, and I thought, wow, you are definitely representative of August. All <laughs> you know, right. It was so fat. It was just so beautifully fat. The, the groundhog and, was munching, saying, oh, all right, Ashley, what you, what yeah. you have, what you have in that bag? Come on, Ashley, and, I know you've um, got something to do. Uh, now, um, August isn't always perceived as the great, the best month. All right, what we're um, going to do, Ash, we have to take our break, so please stand by. We're going to do a bit of a cliffhanger here. Exo Nation, Lady Ashley is our special guest, and her website, her address, email address is ashleysmagic at gmail.com. That's ashleysmagic at gmail.com. And Ashley and I will be back on the other side of this break talking more about August magic. Good luck, prosperity, health, and wisdom, and, of course, the dog days of August. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And you're listening to us around the world tonight on the Talkstar Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Mutual Broadcast Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, as well as on Simul Radio and Simul TV. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. So Nation, our guest this hour is Lady Ashley. She is the White Witch of Niagara. Her uh, email address is ashleysmagic at gmail.com. And Ashley, before we went to the break, we were talking about, uh, you know, your, the, the exploits of your geological society. And uh, this last time you and your fellow uh, rock collectors were out there, you, you noticed this, you know, this rather robust uh, groundhog. And we were also discussing how August is traditionally the time of of animals that are starting to, you know, gather their wares for the winter. And um, what else is August known for? Well, August is also known, and this is for the ancient Greeks Mm -hmm. primarily, more so than Rome. Rome seemed to have a little bit more balanced um, view of August. But like... um, Egypt, uh, you know, July and August in uh, Greece mm-hmm. is very, very dry, particularly August. And, of course, um, so the ancient Greeks didn't exactly perceive August as the best month because you got this very hot and dry weather, which, of course, means drought. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, you've got lots of unsettled weather, uh, intense thunderstorms. And, and we experienced um, certainly some very intense thunderstorms, uh, you know, here in Ontario. That's right. We may have been uh, drought-ridden here, kind of, uh, in St. Catharines, but uh, a good portion of Ontario got hit. And, and then, of course, the Greeks also believed that humidity would make men weak. Well, not surprising, you know. I mean, you know, humidity, sort of, we all go, oh, can we just sit down? Exactly. But humidity arouses women, according to, um, <laughs> the, to the ancient Greeks. And, and, and really, quite frankly, I, the ancient, for all that I love the ancient Greeks for mm-hmm. the many gifts that they gave us, um, they also didn't have too high an opinion of women, um, and uh, they were, I feel that they were overall pretty misogynistic. Of course, I'm, I'm now going to get totally trashed by uh, many uh, Greek people, sorry. <laughs> and uh, but, but certainly they didn't think highly of August. Now, Rome was a little better, because uh, they were more balanced, mm-hmm. but um, once the rain started, everybody, of course, started getting happy, and of course, in ancient Greece, that's when you also planted, uh, you know, your crops that would go through um, uh, the winter. And But uh, I said earlier, I talked earlier about the southern hemisphere, and this is when we get into the dog days of August, and of course, that humidity, that unsettled weather, it's so dry and is it going to rain and when it does rain it's very intense um but down in the southern hemisphere um and and even in the northern hemisphere that's when the dog star sirius in the canis majoris uh constellation rises or 
rises from out of the sun because it's been kind of, you know, hidden by the sun because the sun is much brighter. And, and by the way, Sirius is also the brightest uh, star in the night sky. So the kind of cool. So the dog days are, are named after a constellation. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but it also goes along with that sultry hot, mm-hmm. um, you know, those sultry hot days in uh, August. And, and certainly in the Southern Hemisphere, they used it, particularly uh, the ancient Polynesians, Maoris, and Oceana, Oceana uh, people. Um, they used it as one of their navigation stars. And all you have to do is look at how far all those islands in the Pacific are apart from each other, and it is an absolutely amazing, as well as good luck, that these people were able to just sail across the Pacific, find all of these islands, and settle them. And, and it's, it's just an absolutely amazing feat. So there was a lot of good luck, but at the same time, there was also a lot of wisdom because these guys, these ocean travelers, really knew how to read the stars. And even though that's their wintertime, therefore no sultry hot days, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like we get in the north, um, it, it is just an amazing tremendous feat that they did what they did uh you know it's like uh, inhabit all of those far-flung islands in the pacific and but getting back to europe and uh you know northern africa um of course it was it was very hot and sultry in august and uh the the ancient egypts also believed that that Nile flooding was Isis' tears of sorrow for her dead husband, Osiris. And as soon as, um, basically, Sirius showed up in the night sky, getting far enough away from the sun so that it could be seen, they also felt that that was the birth date of their son, Horus, uh, the god. I still can't get over how the Greeks uh, really looked down at women. That is. Oh yeah, they. Wow. Uh, yeah, women in in ancient Greece had almost no rights at all. It, it was, in many ways, it was not so hot, you know. Mm. And it's too bad because I mean the Greeks were truly phenomenal about you know the gifts they gave us the uh, the art, the sculpture, the temple building. Sure. Philosophy. even the wisdom in their yeah. in their mythology and of course democracy and uh, but yeah women were you know looked upon very askance so let me ask you this Ashley you're a lady of yeah. the world <laughs> to uh, how do how do the uh, muggy days of August affect you well I don't mind the humidity I mean certainly I have a hand fan so I always mm-hmm. have um, uh, you know um, portable air conditioning with me. Um, certainly, I think I'm like anybody else. You know, if it's too humid, I go, oh, gosh, 
I'll be so glad when this humidity goes. <laughs> um, but overall, I think I don't get too badly affected by it. Um, does it make me feel like um, the ancient Greeks, um, you know, I'm all aroused? Well, I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, some women like humidity. They, you know, they like that hot and sultry and, and you know, and let's face it, there's sultry fashion. Yes, there are, right? yeah. So, yeah, you know. So it, it could be that it does arouse uh, some women. It could be. But has there ever been a scientific study done? No, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, can ju- I can just see the, uh, the classified wanted women who are sultry or not to be tested about how humidity affects their libido. Hmm. Yes, yeah. That that would probably be an interesting study, actually. Well, there's food for thought, Ashley. Maybe we should conduct it in the in the pure nature of science. <laughs> no way. Okay. It was it was just an idea. It was just an idea. <laughs> so, uh, just going back to the farmers' almanac, are they are they predicting a, a just a cold winter or a winter accompanied with a lot of snow? Um, I think, uh, I have to admit, I read the article a couple of days ago, so it's semi-gone out of my head. Certainly very, very cold, and, um, somebody is going to get more snow than usual. I don't think here in Ontario, uh, I think it's the E... If I'm remembering correctly, I think the East Coast is going to get a lot more snow than usual. Well, every, every year, That's no, what ma- I'm remembering. no matter how bad the winter is in Ontario, there's very little snow around Queen's Park, and there's very little snow around Parliament Hill because of all the hot air. Ha ha, good joke. I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. How do, how do, how do, how do Wiccans and, and witches prepare for the the upcoming event, uh, you know, get it get ready for winter. Well, um, certainly the harvesting, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's, it, it, because I think I think a lot uh, because we're so nature conscious. Yeah, we're we're doing some kind of harvesting, some kind of gardening throughout the year. Um, the other part of it is um, is you know things like. Uh, canning and uh, drawing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like certainly I like to can right. in in August and September. Um, you know, do I have a garden big enough to produce that? No, so I have to go to the store. But I usually go to you know the local market. Mm-hmm. And uh, but another thing that's uh, also um, funny, cool. Uh, about August, and of course, it being uh, a number of grains are ripening in August, and grapes are ripening in August. Of course, that's perfect time to make beer and other alcohols and wine. And um, and so, very often when you're doing any kind of celebration mm-hmm. uh, in August, whether it's you know the beginning where you're doing Lammas or you're doing the full moon. Uh, or you're doing the quarters, um, it, you know, you're going to you're going to raise your arm. All right, Ashley, you know, stand you, by. We've you're got going to, ta- to take a sip of something. Sure, Ashley, stand by. We've got to take our news break. Exonation, Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara, on the, of Niagara is on our 
online tonight with us from her home in St. Catharines, Ontario. Her email address is ashleysmagic at gmail.com. And Ashley and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue hearing the excellent from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you now get a sausage McMuffin sausage biscuit sausage burrito or hash browns choose two for $2.50 enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2 price of participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal single item at regular price Welcome back, everyone. Lady Ashley is our special guest uh, tonight here on the Exxon this hour. And if you'd like to send Lady Ashley an email, it's ashleysmagic at gmail.com. That's ashleysmagic at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-S, magic at gmail.com. Uh, Ashley, we were talking about the, um, the serious myths. Are they only in, found in the Greek culture as or the Egyptian culture, or does serious play... Uh, in other nations or in other continents around the world? Um, interestingly enough, um, the, uh, the, the Sirius is well named as the dog star because practically every ancient civilization, every ancient uh, culture related the star to some kind of dog or a wolf. Mm. I mean, certainly in China... Um, Sirius is is known as the celestial or the heavenly wolf star, and it's in the giant dog constellation. And one of the um, really cool things about uh, Sirius is, and here we got some more negativity, (laughs) and um, uh, because Sirius is a very bright white star, but it's also known for color changes and for rainbow effects. And, um, and certainly the ancient Chinese said that, you know, like if it had something like a red halo um, uh, in this color change, mm-hmm. um, then that could mean disturbance or war. And so when you relate that then to, a, you know, a lot of ancient mythologies, uh, the the dog star was also not only was it um, uh, keyed into you know uh, crops uh, crops harvesting it also was keyed into uh oh you know this might be wartime as well and um, and then if you uh, you know if the star went um, oh 
with the rainbow thing, sorry. If it had a lot of red horns, again, that could mean invasion. Uh, if it, they were white horns, it could mean uh, wailing and weeping, which, I mean, you know, so in other words, accidents or uh, ructions or disturbances, you know, and stuff like that. So um, so I can't just say that the ancient Greeks had, had negative uh, aspects. Uh, the ancient Chinese did as well. But that was when Sirius changed colors. Uh, other than that, uh, it was the celestial uh, wolf uh, for China. And, and certainly the Americas uh, practically, I won't say all of the American uh, uh, First Nations, but a lot of them, you know, it was like it's a dog that follows mountain uh, sheep or it's the wolf star or the coyote star. Now, interestingly, with the coyote star, because the coyote uh, is often uh, considered a trickster god, uh, in particularly in the North American uh, mythologies, um, but even uh, the Alaskan Inuit uh, consider uh, Sirius the moon dog, which mm. I think is totally cool. And, um, and then the Hopi, um, who just have some amazing prophecies, uh, uh, they say that when the blue star Kachina, or Sirius, um, makes its appearance in the heavens, in other words, saying that Sirius will be blue, then the fifth world will emerge. And apparently it's a seemingly better world, and it's also the last world. And that, of course, ties into the Maya. Now, the Maya didn't actually have dog gods associated um, with harvest, mm -hmm. um, but they did believe that people were made from corn, and um, their uh, goddess, and I don't know if I pronounce this correctly, uh, Chico Mekotl, uh, she was the goddess of corn, and Sentiotl, he was um, the god of corn. So they had a god and a goddess. And in fact, ma many of the ancient mythologies did, is that um, though the corn, grain, harvest, agriculture, fruit goddesses were much a much bigger deal than the gods were, uh, such as Isis and Demeter and uh, Parvati, and, you know, I mean, they're, they, these are like really important goddess ladies. Um, but the gods weren't shy either, you mm -hmm. know, because we had Osiris, yes. we had Dionysus and Bacchus, you know, the wine gods, yeah. <laughs> and, and then Serenus, and then, of course, uh, Lou. Um, who was, uh, they were both, uh, Serenus and, and Luke were um, uh, Celtic, Celtic gods, you know. So, um, though many of the dogs, uh, sorry, many of the goddesses and goddesses weren't related or had a relationship with, go with dogs, they often were, had some form of relationship with, with Sirius, the dog star. Why would why would, um, why would the Mayas uh, or whoever it was think that humans were created from corn? Is that because corn was the was the staple crop for them, and without yeah. corn, we could not uh, humanity could not exist? That's right. Gotcha. Absolutely. Well, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's when you look at ancient mythology, mm-hmm. it's, it's really quite interesting. Like, I mean, some of the myths, when you read them, you go, what? What are you saying? Yeah. Uh, but some of them are often very, very clever as to how they explain things. Um, uh, probably one of the my favorites is uh, one with Demeter and her daughter Persephone. And, of course... When Persephone was uh, kidnapped or raped by Hades and taken down into the underworld, um, Demeter just stopped doing what she normally did, and it's like nothing grew. Everybody was starving to death, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so the Olympic gods they stepped in and said, "So Hades, come on, <laughs> you know, like we got to solve this problem." And and so. Um, though not all, all Greek mythologies agree with this, basically Persephone had to stay down in the underworld for four months, equivalent to the four months of winter, and then came up uh, back to her mother for eight months, which is basically your, your um, growing season, growing and harvest season. So the, you know, it's, and, it's, and it, but it explained, you know, mm-hmm. hey, we got winter, yep. and then we've got spring and summer and fall. They had a much so simpler it, it, way of looking at things back then. Pretty amazing what the, the myths do. But, it, but in, in one respect, it was a lot simpler back then to understand. Uh, it seems as we have progressed, instead of making things a lot easier, we have complicated the hell out of most things. And um, when you look at the, the ancients and how they related the, the stars to animals, the... Everything around them had a reason, had a rhyme, and it played not only part of their religious beliefs, but also their sociological beliefs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have we complicated? I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you, but sometimes mm-hmm. I think it's also a case of we've forgotten right. things. Is that I don't think we're in rhythm mm-hmm. uh, anymore. Um, and is it the industrial revolution and, uh, you know, the rise of the fossil fuels? I'm not sure. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people who say, we've got to get back to the earth. Well, you know, I I don't want to give up some of the modern um, good things. Okay. Um, So I think what, what it is is that, we have to find a balance, mm-hmm. and because the industrial revolution happened so quickly, and then you know followed very very quickly by the oil and uh, gas and coal industries, and then of course you know our modern technology. I just don't think we've caught up, and we haven't found that balance. So, uh, in some ways, I complicated yes but i think it's more a case of forgetfulness as we we've lost that rhythm and i think that uh as and i'm hoping um that as the age of aquarius dawns that we will then get back that rhythm um now of course i'm sure that there's a lot of people saying well you're you're very optimistic (laughs) miss full of hope um (laughs) and maybe i am but um, well, what's wrong with uh, that? you know the right. the Hopi uh, myth about you know when the blue star Katina arises, 
is that fifth world, is that fifth world the age of Aquarius? And will we get better and therefore heal ourselves and heal our planet? Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with being hopeful. In fact, it's the people like you who who spread the hopefulness, who are making a positive difference in this world. There's too much negativity. And I agree with you, Ash, that we have to look back in time to see what worked and what didn't work. And we need to learn more from mm -hmm. our past mistakes, as well as learn from what has been right for us and implement that into the world today. Ashley, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. And Nation, if you'd like to send Ashley an email, her email address is ashleysmagic at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-S-M-A-G-I-C at gmail.com. And Ashley and I will return as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone on the other side of this break. Don't go away. friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. ba da ba ba, -ba. Nation, the one and only Lady Ashley, the White Witch of Niagara, is our very special guest this hour. Ashley joins us at least once a month. And if you'd like to uh, send Ashley an email, if you have questions, or if you'd just like to suggest topics that Ashley might do here on the show for you, her email address is ashleysmagic at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-S-M-A-G-I-C at gmail.com. Dot com. First of all, Ashley, so great having you with us each and every month. I look forward to our chats. Uh, I miss the old times when you used to come down to the studios at 610 CKTB and join us. Uh, but um, it's great having you back here with us where you belong here in the Exxon family. Thank you. So, Ashley, as, as, a, as, a, as a white witch, uh, when it comes to... If my memory serves me correct, you and I once discussed the, the, um, the, the, the myth or, or the connotation of how or why witches apparently flied. And it had a lot to do, if I'm not mistaken, with the corn stalks. Well, yeah, because, uh, but it was also wheat sheaves, um, because, I mean, uh, and, you know, because you, it, it was brooms more than anything, and certainly right. corn stalks were used um, as corn uh, came over uh, to Northern Europe, mm -hmm. uh, you know, once the New World was discovered. 
Um, because basically up until that point, the, there was no such thing as corn, despite the word corn being used in the vernacular. Uh, corn, as in maize from the New World, didn't happen until the New World was rediscovered. And um, so uh, what what that was was it, it, it was believed that that helped you fly. But really what helped witches or made witches believe that they, they flew mm-hmm. um, was generally... Um, some kind of psychedelic, and um, usually mushroom, because that was most that was quite commonly found mm-hmm. uh, in Northern Europe. Uh, you know, there's a number of different things, but there's also ergot, uh, which is a disease of rye, um, and ergot can certainly um, uh, create more uh, health problems along with. Uh, whereas, you know, your mushrooms don't tend to. And, um, but it was, uh, you know, they had this illusion or, or hallucination that they actually flew. And, but did they? No, they didn't. We're, we're, we're not that clever yet. <laughs> and, the, and the key word there being yet. Yet. Yes, and that it is a key word because I think that, um, as paranormal abilities get studied without um, the hysteria that seems to surround pseudoscience. And I'm not going to deny that there's lots of stuff that is pseudoscience. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen over the years, over the centuries, uh, what once was considered a pseudoscience is no longer. It, in fact, is a considered a valid science. I just don't think we have the ability to understand, we don't have the technology to measure how the paranormal works but, yet. And um, it, I'd like to see it. I'd like mm-hmm. to see, uh, understand it more. Uh, but can... Can people have paranormal abilities? Yeah, I do. And and when you look at some of the Marvel comic stuff, yeah. I think people would love other people to have. Because, let's face it, all those superheroes have paranormal abilities. They can fly. They can, uh, you know, control situations. They can uh, throw fire. Um, oh, and, and and one of my favorites from the Fantastic Four is um, the Elastic Guy. I can't remember his name right now, <laughs> but he stretches, you know. And there are always every in every person's life at one point or another, we all wanted to have that ability to be able to stretch <laughs> and get true, something, yeah. right? <laughs> we've all had, we've all wanted that. You know, and talking about modern things, of course, uh, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I've always considered Rowling brilliant with the way she, not only just the story alone, um, in that it is good versus evil and good wins out in the end. Um, she was, I thought, just brilliant the way that she coupled things together. And, of course, Sirius Black... 
um, who is considered a big bad guy at first, um, and then everybody realizes, no, 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 he's like like one of the best good guys in the whole world. Um, he turns into a big black dog. Really? You know, yeah, serious, black. So he's a, you know, serious dog star, black, black. <laughs> And I just thought that was one of the more brilliant uh, things that Roland Rowling uh, did in her book. I, I just think I think she's really brilliant. She I, is. I really like the whole concept behind mm-hmm. Harry Potter about that, um, it, you know, that impetus to I I, I need to do good in yeah. this world, um, you know, and I need to defeat evil, even if it's a little good defeating a little evil. Ashley, why do you think so many people are into the vampire uh, cult these days? You know, The Walking Dead has a phenomenal following. True. A- any any idea on why? Well, I think part of it is um, that desire, the desire to have those paranormal abilities. I see. Because certainly, um, you know, in Dracula, mm-hmm. uh in the in the original book of Dracula, that was pretty paranormal. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> Dracula could do some pretty phenomenal things, and so um, the whole probably the a big part behind the vampire cult is that they they're seeing it as I am empowered, but it's also a form of rebellion, and a lot of us do want to rebel because you know just. Going back to, you know, we seem to have lost touch with the rhythm of things. Right. This this could be is that you know like if I am more earthbound because in many ways Dracula is earthbound. Um, he is the dead, therefore he belongs in the earth because when we die we go back to the earth and we get recycled back into nature. So he's very much an Earth figure, and um, and that's it's a way of, you know, I have to ground myself, but I also have to rebel because I have to say how dissatisfied I am with the normal things of every day. And um, it's just, it's like, it's like I'm... Well, no, I can't say it any better than I, what I've just said. It. Sorry. Sure. No, I, I understand. But it seems that everything in life is a cycle. You and I talked earlier today about the four seasons. And and now with our own mortality, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and we get recycled. It's, it's like Mother Nature is giving us all the answers, but we as humans are too naive to actually understand the messages that she's giving us and when it comes to the paranormal and the investigation thereof is it possible that we are not looking in the right direction that to use technology to investigate the paranormal we have to get out of the realm of science that we know and actually look at new areas as well as new technology yes absolutely i i do think that Mm -hmm. um and but there is also this, um, you know, maybe it's not so much hysteria 
um, though I consider it, personally, I consider it hysteria. But it's that immediate, you know, the shutters go up and it's, I'm not going to listen to you because I think this is all, you know, a bunch of malarkey and blah, 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 and you're an idiot and blah, 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 blah. And people get very angry and very impassioned Mm -hmm. uh, about denial of it. And, And so I think that needs to calm in many, be calmed down in many ways. Um, certainly, uh, the stuff that they did in parapsychology back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, it, it, when you look at the stuff that they did, though there was definitely issues and problems um, with with a lot of what they did, and of course, you know, a lot of the. Um, conclusions that they came to got got trashed um there at least was no hysteria um or very little hysteria involved in parapsychology and it wasn't really considered a pseudoscience it was considered this is a good way to look at this scientifically and let's see if there is something there well lady ashley uh, Lady Ashley, I hate to do this to you, my dear, but you and I have to stay so long for tonight. You're going to be back within the next uh, month or so. And yes. uh, always great talking to you. Do me a favor. Take care of yourself. And, and you'll you- never know how happy everyone here in the Exxon, as well as the Exxon Nation, is to have you back where you belong here on the Exxon. Thank you. You take care of yourself, my dear friend. And Exxon Nation, if you'd like to contact Lady Ashley... Her uh, email address is ashleysmagic at gmail.com. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-S, magic, at gmail.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 